Hi, Sean. Hi, Jennifer. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm super excited. Oh, no. Why? Because we have a returning guest. What? We do. Oh, man. So much cool information last time. And, you know, your favorite holiday's coming up. I love Christmas. You do. I There's have all singing. my stuff up. <laughs> I do you not. Sing. You just sing. I did. Yeah. Because I was a singer. She's, she's definitely in the Christmas spirit. She's got a Christmas. Girl. Remember last time, guys, we talked um, with Steve. We talked about, you know, she's going to be buried in her Christmas crock. She's got them on right now. They're on. Yes, right she does. Now. I can attest if, to if somebody would remind <laughs> me to actually do a TikTok this one, we could probably get you guys pictures. <laughs> So, welcome Carrie to 13.1. Yay, welcome back, Carrie. Thank you. It's awesome to be back. Just as a reminder to everyone, I'm Carrie Crosby. I own Access Senior Consulting. I've been in the industry pretty much of social services for 27, 28 years. Uh, most of the time I've been working with the aging population. That's weird that you've been in senior living or social services that long because you're only 29. Oh, I know. Yes, I keep, doing it. I keep forgetting that I need to adjust that number. She's also one of our very bestestest friends. Yes. Mm. Yes. In fact, I might have a Christmas gift for her. Ooh. <laughs> oh, sure. Way to show me up. <laughs> right. Well, if you, see, if she had come to the party, then it wouldn't be any kind of problem, though. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's, right. that's very true. Okay, Carrie. So we want to ask you back, because we know the holidays are coming. Mm -hmm. If, when this gets out, it will be, they will be here. Yes. So, of course, we want to talk a little bit about holiday stress. Yes. Something that none of us know anything about. No, not at all. Not, not at all. all. Never. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so go ahead, Carrie, tell us some stuff about why people get stressed, how we can prevent it, what are the signs, like we want all the information. All right, well, you know, we could we could talk, I mean, we could probably take up like six podcasts for something like this if we were to talk about all the types of stress with all the types of people. I mean, kids have their own stress, parents, um, so on and so forth. Today, I want to focus a little bit on um, some caregiver stress, how or some so how caregivers can find stress. How can how can they see what's going on that is showing some stress, maybe from people that they help take care of. Um, then I want to I want to address the families a little bit um, as they're coming home for holidays this year. They can be looking for some changes to see if everybody's doing okay. Um, a few things that we can talk about with that. And then um, I want to wrap up with a few minutes of just um, some of our lovely aging listeners out there, um, aging along with me and, and both of us and all of us, and to give them some tips about what they can do too during the holidays. And honestly, that will help a little bit, even not so much aging, but just kind of um, a near retirement age, you know, whatever. I mean, I, it dep everybody depends on what how they call aging, what is aging, what age is aging, you know, it just depends. But in any case, we've got a, several different people that I kind of want to touch on, but mostly for the aging topic. Well, I know, you know, as I age, although I've stayed, I've also stayed at 29 for yes. a few years. I thought it was 25. No, I stay at 29. Oh, okay. Well, right. I have to be 28, remember, because my mom is 29. Oh, yeah. shoot. Okay. Well, I'm 29, and I've been um, 29 for a couple of years, <laughs> had a few anniversaries of that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But as I've aged, I've noticed, too, even especially over the, just the last few years, how different holidays look for us and mm -hmm. my family, both my 
individual family and my extended family and how those holiday gatherings have changed over the years. Yeah, it's interesting. As your roles change, um, so does how you celebrate things. You know, birthdays become eh, less important. Nobody's, you know, you don't really want to celebrate them anymore. Um, accomplishments kind of become fewer and farther between, so we're not necessarily getting together to celebrate those kinds of things. So the holidays just kind of sometimes become part of the norm, I think. Uh, but there's so much pressure uh, to do the holidays right and to do them up and all the commercials and all the gifts and everybody wants an iPod and, you know, there's all kinds of, of stress that can come along with that. So I definitely want to, I definitely want to address that. But the one thing that I think is kind of startling is according to recent um, statistics that I found, approximately 6 million people over 65 are depressed diagnosed as depressed. Six million people over 65. That's a lot. That's so many. That's a lot. That is a lot. And we know that recently we've done better at addressing depression and anxiety with people in general. But we're breaking the stigma. Yeah, we are. Because mental health has always had a horrible stigma about it. And now we're kind of taking it out of the dark and shedding light on it. And people are more prone to ask for help now, don't you think? I think so. I think as we're dealing with the older population, we still struggle to get them to ask for help because there's still a few of them that are left that are, you just don't air your dirty laundry, you know, out and about. You keep that to yourself. You do the best you can quietly. Um, But I think we're getting there with some of the younger populations, you know, like if we're going to talk... Gen X, you know, I think pretty much Gen X down is pretty aware of what's going on, depression and anxiety wise, you know, above us. And And willing to talk about it. Yes. We lost so many people, you know, public people to suicide. Yes. It became really important that we start talking about it. You know, and I just read in the news yesterday that there was, there's a Air Force base locally that lost six, like five or six people to suicide within a month. Oh Oh, my gosh. And I mean, you know, we, we have a lot farther to go to get this open and discussing in all populations. I mean, obviously the military is pretty known for just put up and shut up kind of thing. Yeah. You're supposed to do and get it done. Um, So, I mean, some of these areas we've got to work on, but I think we're doing a much better job with just the general Q public for the most part. So the the problem with aging and, and being diagnosed with depression is very few of them actually seek treatment for that depression. And that can definitely exacerbate into chronic health problems, feeling lonely, um, you're losing your loved ones at this point. And honestly, the loss of your past traditions is really a big one with the aging population. Uh, It just continues to bring on those feelings of depression, make the holidays a really tough time for those who are aging. So if you think about that, you know, we talked the last time about roles and <clears throat> excuse me, where as you age, your roles change. And Don't this is, ever. this is not just, this is not <laughs> stuff that's in a handbook anywhere. It's not. Do they ever change? And sometimes completely unexpectedly, Absolutely. like one day you're just a daughter. Right. And the next day you're a caregiver and mm-hmm. you're parenting your parents and you're taking care of your kids and somebody's got to be at soccer and somebody's got to be at a doctor's appointment. I phone a friend. <laughs> we all have to phone a friend. I phone a Absolutely. friend. Right. <laughs> the things that are interesting um, is as we age in our roles, the, the longest span of time that we spend in our roles is the chunk of the child raising years, basically. I mean, granted, you might only have kids that are 
um, you know, if you only have one child and it's a zero to 18 and then they're off to college and doing their own thing, if you're lucky. If you're um, lucky, yeah. You know, but we span that over a period of time. And then there's that period where you're still working, but the kids are in college. Or maybe you're fortunate and you were young enough when you had kids and maybe they're having their own jobs and you're not quite yet retired yet. That's a huge chunk of your time that is spent basically from the time you start a career to the time you end a career. It's the majority of your life, if you think about it. And if maybe if we're lucky, we all live longer and still have 40 years of retirement afterwards. That would be wonderful. That is the hope. <clears throat> yes. I, 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 I already am looking forward to retirement. Mm -hmm. Very much so. Yeah, and we got a while. I know. And I think, Carrie, one of the reasons why I am looking so much and recognizing the fact of how different our holiday gatherings have become is... Because I'm going to have twins next year. Oh, it's out! It's oh, out! Oh, I wonder if that was out. It's out now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're saying how, you know, people are having grown kids and maybe working. And, like, Jen, you've got grandkids and carry your kids are older. And then I look at They're myself. They're still in high school? You're high middle school, school and high yeah, school. Yeah, middle school and high school. Mm -hmm. But we're going to be there for you, no worries. But I know, I'm like 29 mm -hmm. on my 20th reunion of anniversary <laughs> now. Yeah, right. yeah. Right. And getting ready to be raising two little babies. So mm -hmm. I'm thinking to myself, wow, this year Christmas is really different. And I don't know that I'm even going to be with like my mom or my siblings mm -hmm. or anybody on Christmas. But I think, oh, man, next year I'm going to have the babies. I'm going to want everybody around. Right. So, you know, just, I don't know, the ebbs and flows of like family time Absolutely. and the holiday gatherings. And what that means, you know, because when we're all younger, I, I think we do a good job, or I would hope most people would do a decent job, that when you've got a tradition that you've kind of created with your family, you t you do your best to kind of continue that along as long as you can even if the yeah. kids are older you still try to do something like that but at some point they just kind of stop and that's very difficult for people when it gets to the point where this was how we did things for so long and I just loved this part and I loved seeing their faces I loved waking up with them in the morning on Christmas morning and then that just doesn't it's just not there anymore so those are difficult transitions for people a, to even realize that that's mm -hmm. what's going on. I mean, some of us can kind of go, that's what it is. Well, I can tell you right now that as an empty nester, Christmas mm -hmm. changed completely. Mm -hmm. And um, while I do have grandchildren, they are not my children, so I'm not there for that Christmas morning. Sure. <gasps> Ooh, ah, right. you know, and you do miss it. And then that took me some time to get over because yes. you never, as an empty nester, you never know what what is it going to look like. And I still mm -hmm. don't know what my Christmases are looking right. like. Year my year. daughter mm -hmm. wants me to now spend the night to to be there mm -hmm. with the grandkids. That's what like, I did with my mom. And I don't know mm -hmm. yet if I if that's something I want to do. Yeah, because, because you and Rick are you right. Know, we, we have our we have a, yeah. a routine now. But yet again, I don't know how my daughter's going to feel you know with the first time waking up with her kids and yes. mom, I'm there you know right, so it's right, right, right. yeah she wants me there but will that Does change she? <laughs> right yeah <laughs> my, I know. my brother has my parents and his in-laws both over on Christmas morning so they, they did can too. watch the kids yep we did too uh, they don't spend the night but they well, they yeah. go over and you know my his in-laws live real close and my mom just drives over there mm -hmm. and you know they get to experience that with the kids mm -hmm. and 
I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I used to do that too. My mom, we would have my mom come stay the night and his mom come over first thing in the morning. And we had a, thankfully, I just had decent children that acted well that I said, how about we just do stockings before grandma gets here and then we'll have breakfast and then we'll open up everything. And honestly, that went okay. Well, as a military brat, you know, bring this up all the time. We Mm -hmm. never had family. It was just my immediate family. Mm -hmm. So I never really had that connection Mm -hmm. with grandma's coming over, wait for your presence. Right. We didn't. I think yeah. I spent one Christmas at my grandparents' house, and I was so uncomfortable that I yeah. was like, "What is going on here?" Yes. But so I have complete just traditions, completely set aside from that extended family. Exactly. I'm not attached to it. So if you think about it, and, and we just had a five minute conversation on it, the the roles and the traditions that we have for that extended period of time in our life. You know, once that goes away, you're like, okay, um, hmm, now yeah. what? You know, and, and it does. It ebbs and flows. It kind of goes, oh, okay, well, this year she invited me over, but next year it's not because they're going to go to midnight mass or whatever. I mean, well, they're going to Florida. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it does change from day to day. But so what are some signs of depression that we should all be able to Some of those for? things, yeah. you know, as, as all of these things are changing. Mm-hmm. You know, like, what are some signs of depression that, you know, I may look for mm-hmm. in my parents mm-hmm. or, you know. Yeah, well, I definitely as, have in that yourself. situation. Yeah, right, with my, yeah. Well, definitely um, persistent sadness. I mean, that's a big one where when you start to talk to them and you just recognize they just seem down. Um, you know, there's not really, nobody too highs, not super lows, just kind of meh, you know. Um I would also say frequent tearfulness, obviously, some weight changes, some changes in sleep patterns. I mean, those are pretty major signs of depression. Once you're seeing those, you need to definitely pay attention. And I would I would say that caregivers can help the aging um, adults avoid holiday depression by planning some fun holiday activities. So, Go to the Christmas tree farm. Exactly. Going to see local lights. I mean, you know, we, we're fortunate we live in an, an area that's so many lights. Yeah, and yes. we've got neighborhoods that love to put up Christmas lights, include them in the decorating. And this was something I kind of didn't even think about until a couple of years ago. I had my mom and the kids were putting up tree and I said, come over, you know, help them put, why did I never think of that before? Right. You know, just have them come over and help you put up the tree. Come over and make cookies. Exactly. Oh, that's, like that's, my, that's my thing. Yep. I need the cookies. Absolutely. Holiday shopping is another one. Take them holiday shopping. An opportunity just to spend time with you. You know, if you can take the afternoon off and go take mom out to lunch and just say, let's go shopping. Let's get some holiday stuff knocked out of the park here and we don't have to worry about it later. Uh, the other thing is, obviously, we always want to take some time to truly listening. Even if you just take 15 minutes of your day um, to spend them kind of chatting about things. And it's important for them to be able to talk about their feelings. It's, it's important for them to be heard. An aging person has honestly undergone so many changes, either as a result of a death of a spouse or moving to a care facility, that they may need help connecting meaning to the holidays. So it's great to ask them to talk about past events. You know, if you walk up to, if your dad is particularly aged, you know, and, and maybe starting to decline, whatever, Start to get them to talk about that stuff. Hey, Dad, remember when we used to go and get the tree every year? What was the tree farm that we used to go to? Just get them thinking about those memories, and they'll want to talk about it. Yeah, and I know that for a fact. Yeah, they yeah. they love talking about that, and we it it doesn't occur to us this time of year is so crazy busy, it's so fast paced that to take the time to actually. So I'm getting goosebumps. 
I'm getting goosebumps right now because mm -hmm. it's so important to slow down. Yes. And not only enjoy that slow down time with your kids, but enjoy that slow down time with your parents. And just ask them about the traditions that you used to do. Or what was your favorite thing that you did oh as a kid? Gosh. You just hit, I, I took Monday off so I can invite my mother over to come help me decorate my house. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm just like, oh, I'm so glad I did that. Yay, me. Right? You're like, I did it. Yay. I did something right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Another great thing to do is to pull out photo albums and look at Christmas pictures from the past. And I'm getting kind of reclenched just thinking about this because I'm thinking about the pictures of me when I was like three and four years old, like sitting down by the Christmas tree and, you know, ask those questions, you know, get them to think about that and look at the pajamas and there's like, you know, if they're Christmas jammies, be like, oh, did you go buy those special for me? If there's some random, you know, I don't know, Wonder Woman jammies or something like that. You know, were those my favorite? Wonder Woman <laughs> under roofs. Exactly. Oh, I, I, I was way too poor for something like that. <laughs> like, that did not happen in my world. <laughs> Six kids, guys. It didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, it barely happened in mine, but yeah. But I do remember those long flannel nightgowns yes. with the little rosettes yes. on them. A little couple buttons the, the, right here. Those were my favorite because you get all snuggly in yes. them. So Abby, yeah. I bought a pair of those for Abby. I think she was so cute. Then. They are so cute. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Sorry. So and then <laughs> listen carefully to those stories because again, I could I could get on the soapbox and do ten podcasts about the fact that we are losing one of the greatest um, generations, generations ever. Yes. And they're, they're, they're leaving us and they're, they'll continue to leave us over the next 10 years. And those traditions, those things that do not exist anymore. Um, oh, an amazing party, party I know. Yeah. Exactly. So those types of things are, are going by the wayside very quickly. And so if we can continue to connect with our loved ones with things like that, it, it's amazing. It's an amazing thing to sit down with a photo album and just go through them page by page you know, with your loved one, for sure. Sometimes it's remembering those people that aren't with us anymore. Yep. And, you know, I know working in senior living that, you know, we don't necessarily know everybody's story mm -hmm. as they come in. Right. And we don't know what they've been through. So, no. again, engage, ask questions, um, learn from that generation yes. that we're losing yes. but be respectful of them when you know maybe they're pulled back a little bit because this is their first year without a spouse yeah or, you know they unexpectedly lost a child right oh um, yeah you know we just there's a lot of things just that make the holidays very difficult right. and you just need you just need to be present and and listen yes you need to pay attention yes and if it's your neighbor next door you know i encourage people Go knock on his door with some cookies and just say, I don't know why this is hitting me so hard, but just say Merry Christmas. You know, it means a huge thing. It's so much yeah. to them. It's a little bit to us, but so much to them. And just to be acknowledged that their stories are still important. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yes. it just That's why the listening part is so important because they yes. want to feel heard and that their history is still important. Because that's honestly, right. it is. It's Absolutely. so important to know you know, did you, did you were you the, one of the last people that drove down Route 66 in the city's I know. glory? I mean, you know, there's, there's so many things that that will never be because of where we are in technology these days. Right. You know, like photo albums. That's just a perfect example really, of that. Or reading a map. Yes. Yeah. I make any of those I worry with the cell phone system ever goes down. Oh, I yeah. worry about some people. I know. Oh, I know. I worry Your life being one of them, Sean. <laughs> 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 
at that um, that red building over there? And <laughs> do you know if we're going east or what? I don't. I yeah. don't know which direction we're headed. Okay, Siri. <laughs> right. Yeah. I love right. her. I do. Right. I do. Are Are there any tools that you know, as a caregiver or as a daughter, mm-hmm. that you know you can you can we can Google. We can use that internet. Absolutely. Um, to try to find some tools to help us, you know, maybe gauge if there is any depression or how we can help with that. Absolutely. You simply look up things like geriatric depression scale. Boom. They're all over the place. Um, what is a geriatric depression scale? It actually, it's a, it's a handful of questions that you would ask a senior geriatric. I mean, I kind of hate the word, but, you know, yeah. ask a senior. And what it does is kind of determine where they are in their mental health. So if you'll be able, how they answer questions, you'll be able to kind of see if they are depressed. Um, you can see if they are handling things okay. It'll really, because it, it'll scale it for you. So there'll be questions that you ask, and then it'll kind of have a little total, and you'll figure out Okay, where so you are. with that being said, mm-hmm. we have the higher scale, they're okay, but a little depressed, mm-hmm. and the lower scale. Is the lower scale like an emergency situation where we need to get them like medical help, or is it just you need to start doing these little things to help them feel relevant? Relevant. Thank you. I'm I'm gonna say that we um we need to pay attention to that. We're getting at the higher end of the scale. Quite frankly, I would be honest with you to say that the next question is, have you thought about hurting yourself? And if you have, what would you do? And if they can tell you, yeah, if they tell you yes, and they tell you a way, that's emergency status. That is right emergency. That's yes. been thought about. Yep, that, that has been, been thought about. That is and called premeditated. Correct. And it goes with murder as well as suicide, and we want to prevent both. Absolutely. So if if they are high on that scale, you should probably ask that next question. And if you are not comfortable doing that, then yes, I would get them into a doctor. As soon as possible. Do I think it's emergency room status? That's probably stretching it a bit because I think we overwhelm our emergency rooms and maybe the best thing to do is phone your doctor right away, their doctor, and have a conversation with them. Um, If you are not on the list to chat with the doctor, hopefully you can talk to your loved one about calling your doctor. Right. And I think that just them knowing, if they're going to do the scale, knowing what to do if it's a higher end... Is, yes. is a good thing. Yes. So call your doctor if they're on the higher scale. And and even though if you're not, you might not be on the list for them to share information with you. You can always call. You can always call mm-hmm. them and they can listen. Absolutely. And forward that information to the provider, to the Correct. doctor, the nurse practitioner, and, and then they can reach out to your loved one but not share information back Correct. with you if that makes sense. And honestly, anybody can make an appointment. Yes. So you can make an appointment and drive your loved one there. Mm-hmm. So that right. is always, you don't have to talk to the doctor that. You could just say, this is what happened. Here she is. Here you go. All right. So uh, let's pray we don't have too many there. But right, exactly. Do, but if we do, what that's you need, what you do. Right. That's what you need to do to be prepared. So I never want to wish that on anybody. No. Th- there's all kinds of, of tools out there on the internet to kind of take along with you and you know, don't be afraid to print that out and bring it with you on your visit and just say, Mom, I have a few questions I want to ask and, and do it. Yeah. Uh, if you've got, you know, I mean, honestly, I don't think if they're not showing any signs, I'm not sure that you need to, but it's helpful to know where someone falls on that list. Yeah. So 
I know we want to wrap this up and we're going to do a part two and we're going to talk about um, how families can help. Ooh, so we're ending 13.1. Oh, yeah, 13.1. Yay! <laughs> so we're going to close up with that. Yes. And wait, wait, I have to think about it. Wait a minute. Okay. And as usual, if you have any comments, questions, or critiques, or suggestions for guests, please give us an email at caregiverschenanigans at gmail.com. Also, if you want a quick way to share this podcast with your loved ones, just type in caregivers.lol into your browser and it'll take you right to, right to all of our podcasts. Carrie, thank you so much for this thank wonderful you. information. We cannot wait for 13.2. Look at me getting numbers right. I got what I'm doing. And as always, we love you. We love you. Okay, bye.